Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Sears Soccer Studs podcast, where we discuss the beautiful game with a southern twang. I'm your co-host, Matt, and we have again with us Mr. Jason. Yo, Matt. So, Jason... Are you ready to cut this Premier League biscuit? Yeah, man. I'm actually pretty hungry today, so uh, I think I'm going to put a little calories on there. We're just going to go straight with like some fruit on top of the biscuit, split it open, and maybe this is going to sound odd, but I'm going to go with some whipped cream on top of that fruit. Wow. Wow. Going fruity? <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. All right, guys. Welcome to our podcast. Joe is still out somewhere in the U.S. of A. Um, haven't heard from him in a little bit, but hope he's doing well, enjoying his time away from the pod. But uh, we'll get right into it. Jason, since you're the guest guest host, um, this was actually your week to do the music alone. So what did you bring up today? I don't know, although feeling a little lonely, just uh, me doing the music, Matt. Uh, I still had to uh, go with another another song I had some soul in it, but made you dance a little bit, too. A uh, song by Jungle called Casio on the Forever sound, or the Forever CD. came out in 2018. Just something good to listen to, man. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And then you also had the video up. And, yeah, if you haven't seen this... Somebody please watch this, break it down, videotape yourself doing the dance, because these guys can put it down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And uh, there's a thing called TikTok, I believe, out there. I don't know, man. Uh, if you think you've got the skills, try the dance. Probably have to watch it a few times. But uh, maybe tick, TikTok it. and then yeah. uh, holler at us. Holler. Holler. <laughs> oh, boy. Well... We had another very exciting week of the English Premier League. I think this was week 21. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, 21. So we will get right into it. Jason's going to start us off with Everton nil Newcastle 2? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Another, uh, man, what an interesting game. Goodison Park. First thing in the morning for us, Saturday, a little mm-hmm. later over across the pond. But, right. woo, how do we start this one off? 2 nothing to Castle. few chances in the first, Calvert-Lewin to James, Colombian Gold Rodriguez. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, oh, man, too bad. Didn't go. Yeah. But, um, and shortly afterwards, uh, I think it was a, was it, uh, am I saying his name right? Mina? Yeah. Good header. Yuri Mina. Yuri Mina. Another Colombian. Uh, who also, I think, has some dance moves. But um, yeah. anyway, getting down to it, uh, really nice saves from our dude. Carl Darlow. Gosh. Carl. You know, was he wearing the beehive this time? Was oh, it man. yellow? Because Puma has, um, they have this like 3D, 
hexagon kind of pattern going on with their their jerseys, especially the goalie jerseys. And I think he was wearing yellow, so it looked just like a, a bee, beehive. Maybe it threw off Hamas. Who knows? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know if Mina had time to think, to be honest with that header, but it was pretty nice. Overall, uh, one thing that stood out in that first half that I kept seeing was Dean from Everton just running up and down that left side like he was running track. Yeah. And I was like, when are they going to find him? When are they going to find him? But um, really not a whole lot to talk about in that first half. It seemed like there was some back and forth, some good play. And then um, let's see some changes for, for Everton. Of course, Awobi come, came on for Gomez, which changed the side a little bit in the second half. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say I liked Awobi. He was running up and down that side, that flank. And I felt like he could have been used more, but he wasn't. He's, he definitely brings a different dynamic to the team when he's in the squad. Yeah, for sure. But really, for the most part, didn't see a whole lot of action as far as hitting the net until the second half. Unfortunately, Lascelles came off with an injury in the 54th minute, and Clark came on for him. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Steve Bruce brought in uh, St. Maximum in the 67th minute, which really seemed to change things for his side. Gucci. Yeah, you know, for real. Oh my gosh, so fast, so good with the ball. He, uh, when I first heard about him coming to the Premier League on another podcast that I highly recommend from Sky Sports, the transfer talk, they were talking about him coming from, I think he came from the French League, and he always rocked a Gucci headband. <laughs> and so I just call him Gucci. I mean, he, he certainly has a look where I think that kind of plays into it. Yeah, yeah, but, he's, uh, he's flashy. If you can see him, because he's so fast. He is quick. Yes, he is. Probably has most touches on the team all the time for the most part. But uh, getting back down to the nitty-gritty in the second half, oh, man. I, I don't know how many times I had to watch this, Matt, but in the 73rd minute, good gosh. I think it was the St. Maximum to, um, who was it? To Actually, the 73rd minute, I'm fumbling here. Shelby. Shelby to Callum Wilson for the header, which was his ninth goal. And I think it was the nicest header I've seen all season, to be honest, from that far out. Yeah, Callum Wilson is a heck of a player. He struggles with injuries a lot, but if he can stay healthy, I mean, I really have a lot of respect for his game. Oh, couldn't agree with you more, Matt. And then, oh my gosh, I was jumping the gun because I really enjoyed this goal. Um, and the 90, there's an extra time, roughly around the 93rd minute, maximum. Straight maximum, I swear. <laughs> like, just play the ball to Lewis, and then Lewis to Wilson for, like, good night, number, yeah. number 10th on this season, and his 100th goal. Talk about celebration. But, uh, you know, 2-0 two, two Castle. Of course, Castle took, Newcastle took this uh, game the last time, 2-1. to one. So... We'll see what Mr. Ancelotti's going to do next time. He's probably got to raise an eyebrow at that scoreline. Ra- raise that same eyebrow, but please don't have stroke. Oh, man. Good. Good game. Good game. Um, the next game up that weekend was Crystal Palace 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers. The Wolves. Nil. This was the first time, at least from... On our end, it could be over 
across the pond as well, but they had a female commentator, and she did extremely well. It was a pleasure listening to this lovely lady. I'm sorry I can't remember her name, but she knew what she was doing. She knew what she was talking about. She she commentated very well, so give her a lot of props. Um, the first half, there were not a lot of chances. Batshuayi and Nathaniel Klein both fired over from um, one close range, not so close range. But yeah, in the 56th minute, Potence crosses into William Jose. But Gaida pushes the shot over the bar. Not a lot going on in this game as this commentator that I'm talking about. She said both teams were playing extremely conservative. And I appreciate that because it was. It was like they were, each team was afraid to throw the first punch because they thought that they were going to get kicked with a, a roundhouse or something. <laughs> but in the 60th minute, Eze, this guy hmm. came from Queens Park Rangers, QPR. QPR. Yeah, another London team. He is so smooth on the ball. He glides past people. It just looks like everything he does is just effortless. And, man, just appreciated this this goal. Ball's played into him. He opens up his body, allow the ball to run across him, fakes out the defender, one touch with his left foot, opens it up, next shot, fires it. Oh, just low and hard. What a beautiful Beautiful finish for him. Yeah. And Matt, that that shift, that body movement shift, so simple. But did you see the two defenders? They were like, whoop. Yep. They didn't know where it was going, and there wasn't enough time. And it was just too easy. Yeah, it's just that's what's so beautiful about this beautiful game. It's just sometimes the simple things can cause the most damage. And it was just the intelligence of him to say, okay, these guys are going to come at me on my right side, so let me just open up my body and shift my weight over to the left. Beautiful. Hmm. Just beautifully done. But in the 72nd minute, following corner from Wolves, Batshuayi and Zaha go on a break, and I thought that this was going to be the nail in the coffin. Batshuayi plays it over to Zaha, cuts in, just hits a powerful shot, but it hits the crossbar. Mm. Mm. So I, close. Man, I thought that was going in. I thought it was undecided crossbar, but luck of the draw, man. Yep, yep. And in the 78th minute, probably the best chance for Wolves. Neto corner finds Willian Jose again. Has it straight down, which you're taught. Everybody's taught as a attacking player. If you're attacking the ball from a header, you head it down. Mm-hmm. Head it down now. Get down. Yes. But he headed it right at Guaida's legs and was able to just push it away. So, great win for Crystal Palace. Wolves sliding further and further down mm-hmm. the table. Just look a little off right now. They're really missing their boy, Jimenez. Hopefully he can come back before the end of the season and give them a little inspiration up front. Yeah. But I did... You know, they've had this 18- or 19-year-old that's been playing from Porto. I think it's Porto that he came from. But uh, Mm -hmm. they bought or maybe got a loan for William Jose. And 
I, I did appreciate him. It's, it's hard to come into this league, especially from the Spanish league, because you have a lot more time. It's not as fast-paced, so it may take him a little bit, but I see bright things in his future. Yeah, he's, he's a little slower when it comes to speed, but he seemed to um, adapt a little bit to the game. That, But just, man, that header was nice, but it was just right, right yeah, at the goalkeeper. Straight down, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so good game, good win for Crystal Palace. And we will move on to Jason's game, Man City 1, Sheffield United nil. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. Coming off of (laughs) what? Just a pause. Just I got to be quiet on this one, guys. Uh, Sheffield coming off of that loss last week. You would think it was another statement game for United, right? Are we doing? I mixed that up, didn't I? We're doing City. Yeah, and City. I wanted to talk about United, guys. Sorry about that. Wrong United. Sheffield United. (laughs) Yes, yes, and wrong Manchester. But hey. Sheffield had to go back to Manchester or stay there for uh, all I know. Yeah. But, man, I'll tell you what, this one started out fast. Could not really start it out any faster. Um, City, a little different lineup, a little different, you know, uh, players on the side, but started off in the ninth minute. Good work. I mean, great work from Torres on that byline. Fernand Torres, yes. He got a little lucky bounces, but, hey. He put in the effort, and it it was paid dividends. There we go. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that sounds right, yeah. man. But I'll tell you what, I was I thought he was going to lose the ball in the byline. He he held it, he worked it through, and then fed it right to Jesus. And Jesus, I think, had enough time to make a sandwich before he just popped it in the net. Smoke a cigarette. Oh, uh, have a cup of tea. Yeah, or whatever you do. But, um, you know, after that, for the most part, there were some chances, you know, from Jesus again. Um, but really some, you know, some good work from defense to Sheff- Sheffield side as well as Rams, uh, Ramsdale, if I'm saying that correctly. Yep. Um, really looked at, I mean, I'm going to go back to Sheffield's defense because I think it was a little sloppy at times. They didn't shift well like they should or would, would have done. Egan seemed to play pretty good. Um, they, they really tried their darndest to get anything going. But once again, you know, whether it's the, the number 10s in the side for City or just not enough, I guess you can say, strike force from Sheffield United uh, to get a goal and never happened. Really, after that 10th minute, there was some back and forth, you know, into the second half. Uh, the only other really big thing that I saw that stood out in my mind was the 86th minute, that shot that Fleck had. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going in. It was yep. just just dragged a little wide, I believe. But um, for the most part, you know, Sheffield tried to make some difference in the second half, bringing on several different subs, but really couldn't get anything done. Um, no Consuelo, Consuelo on the side for Man City or Stones. Laporte got a start, and uh, hey, I give it to Pep. He got some rest for his players and got a one nothing win. Nothing better. I mean, when you see Manchester City score in under in inside of ten minutes, you're like, "Oh, this is just going to be." Especially against a Sheffield United team, you think it's going to just end up being a blowout. But yeah, Sheffield just you know parked a few double decker buses and just tried to catch them on the break, and oh, they man. almost did. 
Yeah, and, and they're a physical side. They play with heart. And I'm not going to say that they got some dirty dudes on the on the team, but they're there at times. I think they're scratching and pulling like any team to get out of the bottom. They're old school English style, you know. I'll tear you down. Yeah, even though it I sounded like kind of Irish. <laughs> All right. Well, West Brom two, Fulham two. This game, I mean, both teams really needed a win. You know, they're sitting just a little bit above Sheffield United, but still in the relegation zone. And this was the tale of two halves. First half was pretty much all Fulham. I mean, they attacked, attacked, attacked. And inside the 10th minute, um, they started really strong. Ball was played into Mitrovic, which was good to see him back. I think he's... He's the type of player that needs to play in these games. You know, his hold-up play against teams that you can actually have a go at, which I think is what Scotty Parker, Scotty P, was trying to do. <laughs> was trying to have a go at this West Brom team. Um, and Mitrovic just, he played really well. So I think uh, Scotty P got his lineup right. Mm-hmm. Then the 10th minute, ball is played into Mitrovic. He holds the ball up. Extremely well. Bobby de Cordova Reed. Overlapping run. Gibbs, uh, the former Arsenal player, just completely lose track of his mind, of his player. Bobby de Cordova Reed makes overlapping run, gets the ball played in, just beats the goalie to the near post. What a finish. Great yeah, goal. No chance on that one. Yeah. But in the 18th minute, pretty much the same thing happened. Fulham on the attack again with my boy, my man mountain crush, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He gets the ball, splits the defenders to Bobby de Cordova Reed, who basically has the same shot that he scored with, hits the post. Oh, mm. that, that should have put them on their way. But Fulham ended up, you know, before the second half started, they had three or four chances to kind of put the game to bed and could not finish. And they're probably kicking themselves for it because in the second half, I mean, not even two minutes into the second half, maybe three minutes into the second half, um, Bartley gets a smart finish off a deflected cross. So it's 1-1. And then in the 66th minute, West Brom goes ahead with Pereira. This guy is on fire. I mean, he he looks he looks like the real deal. Do you think he'll still be there next year? If they get relegated, which there's a high possibility that they might. No, somebody will pick him up. Uh, definitely, if they get relegated. I'm still uh, holding on some hope for Big Sam. I think he's... Like we said last week, he bit off more than he can chew with West Brom. Truth. But yeah, Pereira finishes a low cross. It was just well done by West Brom, but in the 77th minute, Harrison Reed plays a great ball into Carvalho, who does a diving header on the back post. This Harrison Reed, if you blink really quickly, at this goal, you'd be like, was that Kevin De Bruyne? It was that type of ball that he played in. I mean, it was 
not something you see all all the time where you play an outswinger with your right foot that bends towards the goalie and then comes away to the back post. And what a great run by Calvario on the back post. Yeah, so the game ends 2-2. Both teams probably frustrated, thought that they could get a win, and, yeah, just keeping them tying themselves down to the bottom. It's unfortunate, but, man, that was (laughs) – that's another header I had to watch a few times. I, mean, I wasn't sure if the pass or the header, what was better, but even though that rhymed. But um, well Matt, Matt Well said, I think that, <laughs> like a flash of De Bruyne. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the Gunners. Arsenal versus the Red Devils of Manchester United. Yes, and I jumped the gun early on that one, but I'll go right back to it. Oh, man, a 0-0 draw. Not much to really talk about this, just breaking it down from one half to the other because it really seemed like one half was, I mean, both halves were like night and day for each side. Um, The first half, it seemed as though Manchester United really possessed the majority of the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing really came together. There was a brilliant save from Leno after a shot from Fred in the 20th minute. Yeah. Just prior to that, I jumped the gun on that. I think it was about in the 15th minute or so when Laka Zet had a shot that was saved by De Gea that I thought "Mm, he he probably could have done better. Not De Gea, but Laka. Yeah. Um, Moving past that touch of a shot that Fred had in the 20th, Bruno also... save. Oh, my gosh. I think if... uh... Leno, if he would have trimmed his fingernails before this game, it probably probably <laughs> would have been a different score. Because, I mean, he got the hair follicles on the end of his finger <laughs> to block that shot. Yep, yeah, that's I, all I, got I, I wonder, no, I mean, like, split-second decision from any keep in that situation. I wonder in some ways if he's just like, oh, Fred's got it. He's going left-footed. Of course, he most likely never use that right foot to connect with it. Most. Right. But uh, definitely a brilliant save. And uh, fingernails or not, there was some cheat power on Leno. He just pushed that thing Gosh. away. He's a heck of a goalie. Yeah, but, man, I tell you what, after just shortly after that shot from Fred, Bruna had a decent chance, um, but nothing really came into the side for United at that time. So it was like at that point in time, they're kind of looking complacent, like, where, what are we going to do? But um, <laughs> beforehand, of course, you see Scotty over there, McTominay, Mr. Scottish. Did he? Oh. Do you think he had the runs? I did don't know. The, did I, they say anything about it? Because he he looked like either he had some explosion going on in his belly or – I don't know if he he had some extreme heartburn or he may even busted a rib or something. It just seemed yeah, I mean, strange. It, it was very strange. He definitely went to the sideline, got a couple tablets, and washed it down real quick in between a stoppage or whatnot it was. But um, Martial ended up having to come on for him in the 37th minute, and from what I understand, he had a bit of a tummy ache. Yeah. Uh, okay. Old uh, OGS said that it might have been some of the hotel food. He's not sure. But uh, I guess I, I, whenever something like that happens, Matt, I've been watching them for years. I always go back to, bless your heart, Mr. Darren Fletcher. 
<laughs> but um, man, I always have to go back. Uh, hey, we're not even gonna spend too much time on that. Hopefully, Scotty feels better. Yeah. Um, then shortly after, Martial came on in the 43rd minute. Rashford should have scored. He really should have scored. He just couldn't get the ball off his foot. Yeah. Played into him beautifully. Overthought it. Overthought it. Whatever it was, I don't know. Not happened. Did not happen. So that was pretty much the first half. One of the things that I noted before the game started, no Saka, sore hip. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Robot. I mean, Mr. Arteta was uh, going to try to take it easy. Doesn't want to doesn't want to ruin his youngster, his young talent. Well, no, he's been the driving force behind how well they're playing. So if he's got a little bit of a niggle, you just let him sit it out. Yeah, give, give him time to wiggle the niggle. Yeah. I guess that that could be one thing. I don't know. It just yeah. came off came off the top of the head there. You're ramen today. Um, we'll uh, stay around, guys, at the end, and I'll do a little freestyle. <laughs> you heard it first here. Oh, man, don't call me out on it. All right, and then the second half, jumping into what looked like nap time for United and more of just Arsenal trying to put something together. Uh, they possessed the majority of the ball in the second half, which shifted the, the possession a good bit from the first half. And then, um, gosh, Cavani missing a couple of chances, just so close, so quick. You can tell he's doing work and he knows – what he needs to do because he's been there for so long, but yep. just couldn't connect, couldn't get it done. Different uh, blades of grass in, in England. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. that must be it. We'll have to figure that one out. But um, Mr. Arteta made a change, took out Martinelli, put William in, purely tactical in the second half. Um, not sure that it paid off, whether it paid off because United didn't score or fell asleep until the last 20 minutes of the second half. But um, really, nothing could come together from either side. Whether either manager said that they won the game in their own mind, who knows? All I know is Pogba's hair looked great. And Lacazette and Pogba, the flying Frenchman, could not stay on the ground. I hope Lacazette is uh, healthy after he came off the field. Okay, so I want to talk about that. Um because I saw it happen a few times this weekend. This um, undercutting people. I think the Premier League really needs to focus on this. In every other sport, you cannot undercut somebody. Towards the end of this game, Maguire. Obviously, for anybody that's listened to this podcast, I am not a fan of Slobhead at all. But... So this kind of just – this isn't me just complaining about him because I saw it in a few other games. But basically a ball's played up into the air. He's going for a header. Lacazette is, jumps up to, to head it. And McGuire backs up underneath him, undercuts him. Lacazette probably ends up with a concussion. Mm. And they call a foul – on Lacazette. Yeah. Wow, that's right. Yeah. I do I do remember the Maguire, you know, you usually see that takedown each each game, but this was serious and yeah. it really looked like the Frenchman was going to be hurt. I don't I haven't heard anything about it afterwards and I hope he's okay cuz you never want to joke about, you know, 
I'm saying flying Frenchman, but of course, you know, if he's hurt, I definitely want him to, you know, get well. But that is that's crazy, Matt. They it, need to do something about that. And that's that's what I don't understand. The the other times that this happened this weekend, the person that is doing the undercutting, so somebody's in the air, let's say somebody jumps straight up and then somebody else backs into him. So the person that's up in the air cannot move their body left or right. They're just going up and down, okay? The person that backs into them and undercuts them is the one that is causing, you know, possibly a neck break, but they're getting the foul called for them. So the person in the air that has no control over what they're doing is fouling the person that is backing into them that is forcing this, it doesn't make any sense. And they really need to look at it because I, I can't remember, it was probably on some Reddit forum, but I, I know after Harry Kane was doing it, they started showing you know from other, other leagues replays of this mm -hmm. happening. And I think it was in the Korean league and somebody broke their neck. Gosh. Like That's... that. It shouldn't, you can't undercut somebody. I mean, you do it in American football, you do it in basketball, like every single sport, this is illegal. But apparently in the Premier League, if you do it, the person that's basically causing the accident gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I, I, man, I think it's time. <laughs> it's been time forever. Player safety. Can we get some better eyes to look for these events, to see them coming beforehand? I know sometimes it's too fast for some of the players to react or really say, oh, my, I got to stop. You know, because you're, you're happy. We're talking the fastest game. Yeah. And we're talking the, one of the fastest leagues in the world, if not the fastest. And it's player safety is very important. And, I mean, whether it's guys undercutting guys or pushing back into guys, um, you know, I'm not even talking about those little ghost slaps that some of the guys just kind of fall from. But, you know, hey, Matt and I both played the game um, and love the game. And, and, of course, I know there's a difference between when we play on the weekends in rec league or whatever, aside from professional and people are watching and you get a slap to the face, you're going to fall down and have a seizure or whatever you choose to do. But uh, it just it just doesn't look good. But as far as player safety needs to be serious, they yeah. need to get on top of this. And, and there's a big difference from somebody going up and actually trying to win a header versus somebody doing a flying knee and to somebody else's back. I'm not yeah. talking about that. I'm talking about somebody that's jumping straight up for a ball and another offensive player or just another player seeing that they're in the air and basically undercutting them by backing into them. So it's just ridiculous. But it's sad. Uh, anyway, we will move on to another controversial game. Southampton nil. Aston Villa won. Jason? Wow, yeah. An interesting one at St. Mary's Stadium on Saturday. First half, seventh minute. Watkins has a chance but drags the ball wide. Did you see that, Matt? I don't think I saw that. I thought you were going to talk about and what is it, the ninth minute? That? Yeah, I'm getting okay. to that, man, because okay. I can't leave that out for nothing, oh man. But anyway, you know, after that, I just saw, you know, 
one thing I see from old uh, Watkins, Ollie Watkins, is he comes out fast, like a freight train sometimes, and they seem to, you know, get a fast goal here and there, and sometimes it works well for them, sometimes not. I thought it was one of those fast goals for Watkins, but it was dragged wide, unfortunately. Just a little more composure from him in the final third. Yep, maybe he needs to learn how to walk it in, like with Pep's crew over at City. But, um, yes, I think it was the 10th minute, Matt. Oh, my gosh. Ings to Armstrong. Our boy Armstrong has a nice shot, but blocked by none other than Matty Cash. And what did it hit? His arm. And I have a little thing I wrote down here because I watched it a few times. And, of course, um, very controversial. Did not call the handball. Did not call the handball. But I think, um, actually, I know from what I understand, I read a little uh, little quote from Hazel Hunt. Hazel, how do you say his name there, Matt? Hazel Hooten. Hazel Hooten. Hootel. Got to get that German down. Yeah. But he said, <laughs> he said, Matty Cash's controversial block was good goalkeeping. <laughs> it was. Said, I mean, it was. Said best from the manager. But um, yeah, after that, I'm still. I was still scratching my head, but there was. Um, Southampton tried to put something away in that first half. Walcott, Bertrand, Romeo all had chances, followed by another good shot from Watkins, but then another save from McCarthy. So really, couldn't get nothing, nothing going. Until, let's see, the 41st minute, Graylish crosses into Barkley, Rossitron. Who uses his head? Oh my gosh, what a what a beautiful, beautiful I was, header! I was surprised. Um, you know, anybody that's listened to this, I'm not the biggest fan of Rossitron. Joe <laughs> makes fun of me a lot for it because he's on loan from Chelsea, but um, he was leaning so far to his right to get the head header to go back to the left. This was very well done by Ross Barkley. That's I don't I can't believe I just said that. So I'm just I'm just gonna go take a nap now. It's it'll be okay. I don't know if Matt 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 might need a hug, but it'll be all right. But a really nice header, man. And you know Graylish is gonna find those guys with those passes. Just such a quality player, so strong on the ball. We'll see where that leads in the next few years. But as far as the second half is concerned, a whole lot of shots and really nothing else. Uh, Graylish had a really nice chance in the 60th, but just couldn't put it away. Um, Of course, some great saves from our boy Martinez. Oh, my God, he's quality. I can't believe Arsenal let him go. But at the same time, like, you can't have Burt Leno and Martinez. They're both extremely quality goal goalkeepers so you neither one of them's going to be happy sitting on the bench yeah it can't be selfish the guy needs i mean he's going to play anywhere he goes for the most part um but yeah then armstrong had another shot in the 72nd but followed by a shot from redmond in the 84th so multiple attempts from southampton but nothing going in the back of the net and then can i get a drum roll because i really feel bad for southampton so bad for him. I think it was uh, it was an extra time. Yeah. Oh man, poor old Danny Ings because he played so well all game. 
He just needed a break, man. And there it was. It was a goal. But VAR called it offsides by just millimeters, dude. That's oh, ridiculous. man. Can, I, I even wore long sleeves today, Matt, just to show you. If I'm wearing long sleeves, or if I'm wearing cutoff sleeves, is it still in offsides? I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So, I yes. appreciate it, but that's we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, one nothing, Villa. Man, man, oh man. Southampton's going to have to do something soon, and where is it going to come from? They got the quality all around the pitch. They just uh, had a poor run. I, I don't I don't think they're they're in trouble of getting relegated like they were you know last year or the year before. I think they've got a strong enough squad where they'll be middle table if not get a little further up mid table. So yeah, I, I can appreciate what Hassel Hooten Hassel <laughs> <laughs> got your tongue twisted. Hasselhutl has done with them. So. Yeah, and one more thing before we go to the next one is, will old Danny Ings be there next year? Will he take the contract extension? Should he take the contract Oh, extension? yeah, he's been talking about how he wants to play in uh, the Champions League. You know what Hasselhutl said to that? What did he say? Yeah, if he scores about 10 more goals, maybe we can get in there. There you go. That's the right <laughs> way to think, man, because uh, we'll see what happens. All right. On to my boys, Chelsea 2, Burnley, nil. Burnley. So I really, really am liking what's going on with uh, Thomas Tuchel. Tuchel. Yep, that guy. (laughs) The German has figured out a way to make us very compact hard to break down but we move the ball so much quicker we find the gaps between the midfield i mean gosh it is good to see some positivity from this chelsea side and when your defenders score that's when you know things are going well in the 40th minute cesar aspiliqueta Mm. most people call him dave (laughs) <laughs> Did you know that? Um, yeah, I'd like to call him Dave because that last name, yep. for some reason, I think I can say it, and then I'm like, blah, 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 Coeta. Well, it's just like the Kepa Ariza Balaga. Yes, yes, similar. Can you fit that name on the back of a jersey? Apparently you can. But Azpilicueta, longest-serving Chelsea player, gets the first goal. He basically sprints almost the length of the field to do an overlapping run. And Cullum Hudson-Odoi finds him, and he just roofs it. Oh, man. What a good goal. Hard work, too. Like, I think he was tired after that run, but I'm glad Adoy fed it to him and, like, just felt his presence. Yeah. Chelsea had a lot of chances in this game. You can just tell that they're just lacking a little bit of composure inside the box. They just aren't quite there yet with their shooting boots. But in the second half, Marcus Alonso, back from the cold. The last time he played was against West Brom when we were 3 nothing down at halftime. In October. In October, yes. Apparently he 
was not happy getting drug off at halftime, walked directly to the bus, sat on the bus, didn't watch the rest of the game. Mr. Super Frank Lampard did not appreciate that and basically just left him out in an igloo. So, it's good to see this defender with a question mark. <laughs> um, wingback? Yeah. Slow wingback? Yeah. But, man, when that guy gets in the box, he's got incredible skill to find the back of the net. And this was a beautiful goal. Wonderfully placed and just, oh, just, just beautiful. Just, just beautiful. Composure? Yes. It was well done. So, Chelsea, the, the greatest stat about this, this game, Burnley registered one shot the entire game, and it came in stoppage time off of a corner, a That's header. Right. That's right. Over the bar. But first shot in like the 93rd minute. I do have to say, Matt, um, 30 minutes of no wood in the side. Um, unfortunately, he came off, I think, with an injury. Yeah, I think he was it another hamstring. It looked like he had. Lots of hamstrings and yeah. groins this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chelsea, get the points. Looking good. Uh, I appreciate what's going on over there. So, moving on to what a game this was. Leicester 1, Leeds United 3. Yes, Matt. What an interesting one for Vardy-less Leicester City. Oh, man, what a game. Always like to see these two play. And I think the last meeting, um, Leicester City won 4-1, if I'm correct. This week, or this weekend, I should say, it was a good game. Really started off fast, um, like you would think with the lasers and the man bun United. Versus oh, yeah. less less city, which is a little less speed with without Jamie. But um, in the thirteenth minute, Barnes to Madison, back to Barnes. Wow! Talk about quality from the youngster. The pace that he was able to take the ball and find Madison. I mean, he just this kid is coming coming out in front of our eyes like he is saying look at me yes i think brendan Rodgers has found his other striker that's what i was saying last week he i mean what is it uh a, a rosie perez or whatever yeah uh, i don't think he should be starting up top like put harvey barnes up there and play the same style yeah and just feed him over the top he can run onto it he's got the touch i mean Gosh, this goal was... Yeah, 13th, 13th minute of the game, Barnes and Madison looked like they were connected Yeah. with a tether. But they played really well. They seemed to find each other and connect well. So hopefully that will just keep growing. Because they're both somewhat young, and if they stay, it'd be nice. But needless to say, two minutes later, in the 15th minute... Bamford to Dallas first attempt on first attempt on goal for Leeds back of the net. Stewart fifth element Dallas. Yes, Dallas. Beautifully done, Matt. Yeah. Oh man. So so now we're looking at one one here, and then Schmeichel of course had a nice save from Rafinha. 
who's got some quality in the 33rd minute. Backtrack just a little bit, got ahead of myself. Unfortunately, the 21st minute, Rodrigo goes down with a groin injury. He was just starting to look really good in this side. And now, of course, has to come out for click. And uh, the game keeps going. So, of course, then Brendan Rodgers has to take another look at his lineup and make a big switch from what I could see in the 37th minute with Custine coming off for Ricardo Pereira. Castagna. Or Castagna, Custine. I don't know how you say He's he's Belgium, right? Yeah. I thought I got that. they're, They're all... Yeah. It's, or I should say Castagni, but um, that's how it looks. Castagna. Yeah. But, um, you know, so he switches his defense around a little bit, brings Ricardo Pereira in, and shortly after that, of course, the end of the half, and he makes more changes. He takes out uh, Sinu, or he puts in Sinunku, if I'm saying that right, and takes Sinunchu. out Sinunchu. Sinunchu. <laughs> and puts in all or takes out Albrighton off the side to change his shape because he saw something he didn't like. And There's what, so many hyphens on that guy's name. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> he's from uh, is Israel, right? No. Where's he no, from? He's, he's, um, he gave a hug to somebody that's from the same country. It's not a Turkish... I'll have to look it up. I'm yeah. sorry I don't have that info, but, man, he's got some locks. He's got some nice long hair. <laughs> He's got the squarest face, too. <laughs> he he looks like, I mean, he pulls that hair back. He kind of looks intimidating in the, the center back there. But uh, moving forward with this game, really, oh, my gosh, the second half, things just kind of fell apart for City in a bad way. 70th minute, such night and day. Rafinha he, to Bamford. Solonchu is Turkish. Tweakish. Yeah. Oh, I wow. knew he, he had... Said hello to somebody that's also Turkish. Oh, Sinji Unda. Oh, yep. yes, that's right. Turkish. Man, good looking out there, Matt. But uh, 70th minute, Rafinha to Bamford. Patty, bam, bam. Bam, bam. Gosh. Yeah, man, it, he'd been quiet for a while, and I bet you that was just, you know, when you don't score for a while and you connect with the ball and you don't connect with the ball. It's a good release, isn't it? Oh, man. Talk about a release. We'll talk Ooh. about it. Yeah. But anyway, gosh, he released it in the net, didn't he? Oh, man. And then, uh, unfortunately, shortly after that, Rafinha goes down. So now uh, this will be for next week, of course. But uh, Leeds may have some issues in that midfield with both Rodrigo and Rafinha going down, one with a groin and one looked like with a hip flexor. I don't know how bad it was, but Costa came on after that. And shortly after, just a few minutes later, man, I'll tell you what, this was just absolutely beautiful because they just made a break off a free, free kick. Less City's sleeping, counters quickly. Bamford runs up. I mean, he just crossed the halfway line when he gets the ball. Before the halfway line. Before the halfway line, yep. of course, yeah. I yep. was looking at him, I was like, oh, man, was he offsides? No, he was not. And who does he find? Very selflessly. Yes. Harrison. Just for a little touch in the goal. But I want to go back to the selflessness of Bam Bam. Yep. That could have been his 100th goal, Matt. That is a number nine that cares for his team and... If that was Mo, Mo Salah, and Firmino or Mane, 
Salah's going to take that all day. He won't pass the ball in. That, uh, yeah, very yeah. selfless. Yeah, so I'm going to give it to Bam Bam to, like, the third power. Because if I was there and I had the ball, I would have probably tried to hit my 100th goal. But on, just give it to Harrison, who's going to put it in. Yeah. So and, Patty, Patty Bam cubed? Yeah. Third power? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it made stick. Bam, bam, bam. Two assists, one goal. Good game. Unfortunately, had a little dead leg at the end of the game. Just walked it off. I don't think it'll be anything for next week. But we'll find out. This week. Midweek games. Oh, yeah, they're coming in thick and right. fast. That's right. We got we got some watching to do this week. Games tomorrow. Games Wednesday. Games Thursday. Thursday. But anyway, you know, getting back to this game. Uh, man, Leeds energy. They just go, go, go. But unfortunately, it looks like like all the players in the league right now, a lot of playing. Going to have some hamstrings, groins, hip flexors, all those overworked muscles. Need some rest, and you can't get much rest in this lead side. But I'll tell you what, Brandon Rogers, his charismatic self, had to go back to that locker room and give out some hugs and tell everybody it's okay. Yeah. Because Vardy will be back hopefully in two weeks. But we shall see. We shall see. What a game, though. <clears throat> Great game. Moving on to West Ham 1, Liverpool 3. Yeah, Liverpool found their, or specifically Mo found his shooting boots. Mm. A lot of chances in the first half, or at least some, not much really going on. Doesn't really start until the 57th minute, where Salah gets played in. This was right after Curtis Jones comes into the game. Curtis Jones does a little shimmy, a little shimmy shake. Weaves his way through the defenders, finds Mo, and Mo does the rest. Mm. I, I don't know how he was able to one, see the opening between all of the players that were around him. There were like five people in the box, three surrounding him, two kind of posted up trying to block the goal, and he curls a beautiful top of the onion bag i mean just wow mm-hmm. this is the mo that's been missing for a while really so, that that typical left foot shot that yeah. you would like see in your dreams if you were dreaming about Salah. but damn what are darn such a good connection man yeah that was a damn good goal absolutely but we were only getting a taste but mama wanted the whole beehive mm. This next goal from a West Ham corner gets played out. Trent Alexander-Arnold, TAA, takes one, two touches, fires the ball across field to Shakiri. Shakiri, Shakiri. His lips, his hips don't lie. They don't. <clears throat> he looks up, sees Mo making a run, hits a first-time ball, High, looping ball, curved right to Mo's foot. Mo takes it down with his right foot. What a touch. And goalie comes out, and he just passes it in with the outside of his left foot. Unbelievable goal. If you haven't seen it, please watch this. This is silky, silky smooth. Mm. Too nice. Wow, what a goal. Then in the 84th minute, 
a lovely passage of play, as the commentators in England would say. <laughs> Firmino finds my favorite name, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who rolls the ball back to Bobby Chompers, who feeds it across to Jorginho Wijnaldum. Yeah, that's right. Are you ready for this? Firmino to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Back to Firmino to Jorginho Wijnaldum. What a connection. Lovely passage of play. But a few minutes later, uh, Liverpool was not able to keep the clean sheet. Didn't mark up on defense or on a corner kick. I think they were playing like a zonal marking, and Craig Dawson just kind of strolls right in. A couple people miss headers, and it just finds his foot, and he had a beautiful little half volley into the back of the net to make it 3-1. West Ham still looking pretty good, sitting up pretty high at the top of the table. Um, yeah, and, and now they got a former or still a Man U player coming in with Jesse... I like to dance all the time, Lingard. Yeah, well, we're going to plug, plug his fashion. Uh, I think he's in, into some fashion, has his own clothing line. But anyway, best of luck to Lingard. Do it. Do what you do. Yeah, score some goals, do some dances. We want to see you doing all those crazy, crazy things that you always do when you score. If you could see Matt right now, he's busting some moves. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to just go back to one thing. Okay. I know you don't want to hear this, Matt, but uh, – Early on, before the game started, they were saying the best team in London. Of course, West Ham. Sitting up high, but got to feel bad for David Moyes. After that game, I mean, he's been been putting in some good work. They've been putting in some good work, but just couldn't get it done against the pool. I mean, they are technically the best team right now in London. Yeah. So, But we'll see for how long. Yeah, yeah. Tottenham's really close to them, and then we're coming up not too far behind. Um, yeah, there's quite a few teams in London, so <laughs> yeah. to say you're the best in London means you're probably, like, better than half of the table. So Well said. Yes. Speaking of other uh, London teams, isn't Brighton and Hove Albion in London as well? I think technically they are. Yeah. Brighton and Hove Albion won. The Seagulls versus the Spurs. What kind of dang bird is the Spurs bird? Does anybody uh, know? Do you know? I don't know. I don't pay a whole lot of attention okay. to the top, but I know a seagull is a sky rat. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> this game for Tottenham, no Harry Kane. So who did they bring on? The Neanderthal, Gareth Bale. And I got to ask you, how do you think Bale looked? Not appearance-wise. We know what he looks like that way. How does he look playing in England again? Oof. Uh, I, I didn't see a whole lot, did you? I haven't seen him do hardly anything since he's come back. At least he got to play. He Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He usually just sits on the bench and comes in as like a, not even a power sub. Like, what's the reverse of a power sub? Like a, a ball boy comes in pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Spurs just 
for me, they looked really lethargic from the start of the game. Um, in the third minute, Brighton and Hove Albion almost go in front. A great link-up play between Neil Mope to McAllister to Pascal Gross. Pascal Gross hits the post on that shot. But, yeah, they just – it was almost like – Spurs were just sleepwalking through this entire game and didn't really wake up. Maybe towards the end, once he changed up, he brought on some other people. But, yeah, I I just felt like this was Brighton's game, their very first win of the season at, at home at the American Express Stadium. So good for them. And I'll get to the goal right now in the 17th minute. Pascal Gross finds McAllister, and then what does he do? He passes it, and he moves. He doesn't stand still. He's like, oh, there's an opening. Mm -hmm. Let me get into that space. McAllister finds him, and then he, he, uh, Pascal Gross dribbles it down a little bit and finds Trossard making a sprinting run into the box, finds him perfectly to side foot it in. Hugo Lloris basically just sat there rooted. Yeah, Yeah, it took a little deflection, but wouldn't have changed anything, I don't think. Right. But, yeah, in the the second half, um, both teams were testing the goalkeepers with Hugo Lloris, the busier of the two keepers. And then in the best chance of the second half came close to the very end Late in the second half, Connolly, I don't know how this happened. He basically gets the ball played across to him. Hugo Lloris is out of the goal. He's only got to beat Toby out of air railed. And what does he do? He is too cheeky with it. Almost does the Bobby Firmino no look, side foot it. Hits it right into Toby Aldebarderweld. That's a great pronunciation, yes. Matt. Um, and I think he punched Alderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderweilderwe
200 milligrams is enough. Jose's on like 1,600. He decided to put 1,000 milligrams of L-tryptophan on top of the L-theanine, which if you guys don't know, L-tryptophan is actually in Turkey and will re releases it kind of makes you sleepy. Mm. So maybe, I don't know, we got to talk to his nutritionist. A little bit of melatonin in there too, yeah. Wake up, Josie. Wow. Welcome to Supplements Today. Featuring Matt and Jason. Yes, next week we'll be uh, helping you out with a little weight gainer. Oh, wow. Never None of that for me. Thank you very much. Same here. But yeah, great week. Um, games are coming thick and fast again, like we were saying earlier. So we'll probably throw out a podcast um, either Friday, Thursday, or Friday, just depending on work schedules and everything else. Mm -hmm. But it is that time that everybody's waiting for yeah right at the hour mark well done mm. guys all right so this first first segment i've been trying i've been thinking really hard about this jason how to come up with a way to describe this mm. i'm gonna let you have a go at it okay how would you describe the creme de la prim i would say best way I can describe that is the best of the best, the silky smooth, okay. put it down and leave it there because you don't want to pick it up. It's gold, baby. It's gold. Solid gold. Solid gold platinum, baby. <laughs> so, of course, this is called... <laughs> Prim de la Prim. Jason, who do you have or which team? What what do you have going on for your Creme de la Prim this week? Well, I have two. Just speak to Callum Wilson for the ninth goal and the tenth goal and making his hundredth his hundredth goal of his career. That's big, big time. But I really just want to go back to that ninth goal of his, his first goal he put in off his head from really outside of the box. One of the longest headers I, and nicest headers I have seen all season. Yeah, the commentator even said that he, he actually added more power to the, sh to the cross coming in after he headed it. Usually you just kind of – it's a – What's the every reaction has an opposite re Yeah. Yeah, well you you're basically, you know, redirecting the force from the kick. Yes, so. thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, he must have some neck muscles cuz that if you're going to put I mean, if you guys have not seen it, go go look at it if you can online. It's beautiful. Yep. Absolutely. Well, my creme de la prem this week, I've got to go with the Egyptian Mosala. I mean, both of his goals were probably game, or in my mind, goals of the weekend. Mm. Well, no, there were a lot of good goals this weekend. But his first goal, the way he was able just to pinpoint the top corner in between all those people is unbelievable. But the second one, mm. the whole passage of play from Trent Alexander-Arnold to Johan Shakiri who one touches it to Mo, who gets that perfect right foot trap. I mean, it is very difficult to trap the ball with the bottom of your foot 
running that fast. I mean, let alone just with the pace of the ball coming in. It's a difficult, difficult skill. And he did it with such ease. And then just to side foot it right past Fabianski was, or not side foot it, I'm sorry, outside of his mm. left foot. Yeah, just beautiful. Couldn't be any better. Yes. So, yeah, that's who I got. Mo, 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 mo money, mo problems. Yeah. Salah. Yeah, buddy. All right. This is the next one is the one you don't want to hear your name called out on. This is what we like to call. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) All right, Joe. That's for you, buddy. Jason, who you got for your bless your heart moment this week? Well, Matt, my bless your heart moment has to go to none other than, uh, we had to touch on him before, but I'm giving it to Josie this week because I feel like (laughs) the poor guy, you know, uh, uh, no hate for anybody in this world, but Josie, man, if you're not feeling well or if you just need to talk to somebody, so this is one of those, like, true mom, southern mom saying, like, oh, yeah. bless his little bless heart. Bless his heart. Bless him. Bless that little boy. So but you're sympathetic boy. with Joseph. I am sympathetic. Wow. Don't Don't tell the world, but Woo. tell him. Because I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Give him a hug. Let's see what he can do next week. <laughs> no, or let's this not. week, I should say. <laughs> We're playing Tottenham, so let's not see what he can do. <gasps> Did yeah. I just say it, Matt? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, Josie, he's he's got some, definitely has some things going on in his life. He seems, I feel like, surprisingly, Tottenham is a good fit for him. There's not as much pressure. He doesn't have, like, crazy amounts of money that he can spend, so he really has to work with what he's got. He's He's basically reinventing himself like when he was back at Porto. Hmm. Yeah, that just came to my mind. Interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it that way, but he he's done well at times with Tottenham, but it seems he always finds a way to lose the locker room. And I hope he doesn't do that this time. You know, wish anybody the best, but, you know, has some injuries in his side and he's going to have to get extra creative. Yep, Absolutely. That's a good one. Bless Jose. Who do you got, Matt? I've got to go with the referee VR duo at Southampton Villa. Oh, my goodness. So if you have not seen this, please look at the... It's just bad. It's so, so bad how, how this game was refereed. And it wasn't just these two decisions that basically robbed Southampton of the game. It was throughout. Like, the referee, maybe it was Lee Mason, if I'm correct, he was out of his depth in this game. He couldn't figure out who to – when the ball went out of play, he didn't know who to call it for. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. But there were two main things that happened. In the 10th minute, the Matty Cash incident, how, I mean, I didn't see it, okay? 
Mm-hmm. I didn't see it until after the fact. I turned on the game. No, no, I didn't turn on the game. I think I I took a break from watching it because I knew you were going to cover it. So yeah. I looked it up later on, and there were just thousands upon thousands of people saying, is this the worst VAR decision ever? So Matty Cash, the ball is shot in. Matty Cash is a defender standing in front of the goal, and just like Ralph Hasselhutten did, made an excellent goalie save. Problem is, he's a defender and not a goalie. He basically sticks out his hand, leans down, and it hits him slightly above his wrist. Yep. No call, no penalty, nothing. This should have been a red card for blocking an obvious goal-scoring opportunity and a PK. I cannot believe that they have all of these video, all of this evidence to show what happened here, and they still got it wrong. I mean, just atrocious, just simply atrocious. So that was one, and then... The Danny Ings offside goal that was called back. You talked about your shirt sleeves, right? Yep. So they measured Danny Ings to be in an offside position by where his short his shirt sleeve stopped. Okay, so let me ask you this. Why would they measure it from his shirt sleeve? Okay. Right. And the question I have for you about that is if he hit that, if he tried to score with that part of his arm, they would call it a handball, right? I would hope so. Then how in the world could that be? Well, in this game, it wouldn't have been a handball. <laughs> but if anybody would have scored a goal like that with basically their bicep, I would say 99% of the time that would have been called back. So how can you say somebody is offsides? by position of their arm that they cannot score with. The armpit made sense Mm -hmm. to me because you can shoulder it, but you can't hit it with anything below that. Right. So I just, it doesn't make sense to do it from the, the shirt sleeve because Southampton is sponsored by Under Armour. Okay. Yeah. That shirt sleeve's kind of a little bit low down. Right. Some of these other teams have their shirt sleeves up higher. So you're literally talking about inches of play. And they called it on millimeters. It's just ridiculous. Like Mo Salah said after after his game that he just he was like, I don't want to get fined, but I hate ref I hate VAR. Mm. It's like it kills the game. It's it just it takes all the enjoyment out of it like it's it's gotten to the point where now when the goal goes in we don't celebrate i don't celebrate anymore i sit there and wait to see if they're going to call some ridiculous thing back you know two two passes before somebody nicked it with their fingertip something ridiculous Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I have a strong opinion about referees and VAR, but I just, 
England has the worst all around. Yep. You can't can't have the best league in the world with the worst referees. Like, bring in some different referees. Just reform the whole structure. I mean, what you're doing is destroying the game. Yeah. Put more cameras out there, more robots. Maybe they'll do better than the refs. But, yeah, man, the VAR was crap in that game. And I don't even know what a handball is anymore. I, I thought I knew when they came out, when they changed the rules and they spoke about this and that in the box. But the explanation that I believe I got from that handball in the box from Matty Cash was that he was stepping as he moved and his arm followed the movement of his leg. I don't know. I, I, I still try to understand that. But if you really look at the video, it almost looks like he's moving the hand towards the ball or the it arm towards is. the ball. Sleeve or no sleeve, what is a handball? That and um, I think one of what their explanation for it was it deflected off of his shin to his hand. In the rule book that clearly states where they have updated this, they've updated handball like four or five times this season. The latest edition says a handball is when these things occur. And one of them is if it's deflected from somebody's foot, their own foot to their own arm, they're just, they're just making it up as they go. And I don't know how Villa gets away with that. Cause last year they, they shouldn't, honestly, they should not even be in the league right now. Yeah. Because last year goal line technology did not see Bortmouth's goal go over the line because the keeper had it in his hands just so much nonsense going on with referees yeah i I totally remember that now man i think they were saying (laughs) the excuse was that the var camera couldn't see or miss the goal line technology couldn't see it how does that happen it's just man so sorry about that we rambled on for a little bit on that one but it's fine Speaking of fine, fine. This next one is the. I mean, this is just something gentlemanly that you saw. This is something silky, silky smooth. As in, man, that guy's got some style. Or this is just a great finish. You know, basically creme de la creme number two. Yeah. We like to call this. Fine as frog's hair. Hmm. Jason, who you got? Well, Matt, I have to just talk about this again. I know you mentioned it. I think uh, it's so worthy of another mention. Just that that Salah goal, man. I tell you what. Trent to Shakiri to Salah to Fabianski... Didn't even see it coming. It was just, it was like, boom, Shakiri. How did he even hit that pass with one touch? Probably one of the best passes he's ever had in his life. Salah brings that ball down that, like, Matt described before. Just has that little bounce off that touch on the ground. Moves forward to Fabianski. Fabianski is probably just a little anxious for that moment. And Salah just, boop, right in the side. No chance fine as frog's hair so if you're a goalie 
and you get a worldie scored on you like that, I mean, do you, is that something you show your kids like later on in life? Like, look at what this guy did to me. Cause man, look at this touch. Do you, would you be able to do that? Like in basketball, if somebody, Vince Carter jumps over you and dunks on you, do you show that to your kids? Do you get posterized like that? I know I was, man, I never really thought about that, Matt, but right now I would honestly say I'd let them find that on their own. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, my finest frog's hair moment this week is the man that's been out in the igloo for way too long. I'm talking about Zach Morris. Yep, yep, yep. Marcus Alonso. That hair. That beautiful Spanish hair. <laughs> so this was, I mean, the the way he scored this was beautiful. I mean, Christian Pulisic, again, that was a great ball as well to find just a short little chip, maybe 10-yard chip over two defenders, splits defenders, to Marcus Alonso, who chesses it, chests it with his back at a 90-degree angle to the goal then takes it off his thigh, spinning volley, just smashed it. I mean, gorgeous goal. But the main is there's a multitude of things that go on with my finest frogs there. So it was that goal, but then the celebration. He grabbed the crest and pointed at it. I, I was a little surprised he didn't kiss the badge. Hmm or the crest, but he did show it and pointed at it and just smiled. After the game, he said, a lot of things have been said out there, but I like to work, be quiet, and talk on the pitch. So that was for the fans. Wow. I got goosebumps, man. Yeah, me too. That's like, uh, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. And what a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... He is, if you could figure out a way to turn him in actually into a forward or a, a winger, he can shoot. Gosh, he can strike a ball really well with that left foot. Not much of a crosser, not much of a defender, but he's got the height. And that was one of the reasons he played was because Burnley has a lot of height on their team. Yep. So, but yeah, good to see Marcus Alonso back. He is best suited in a system that has wingbacks, and that's what Tuchul is playing right now. But yeah, got a lot of respect for him. He has he was frozen out by Frank, came back, made a statement. And, yeah, I appreciate him saying, I want to – I basically let my talk – well, he basically allowed – man – no, I struggle trying to figure out he, a way he to He stayed say. quiet. He let his actions speak louder than his words, man. Yeah. His feet do the talking yes. on the pitch. Well, and I appreciate it. His chest, his thigh, and his feet. Yes. Yes. And that beautiful hair. Mm. Man. Well, guys, I'm glad you were around for, for this. We really appreciate it. If you want to email us, we did not have one this week. But, hey, anytime they come in, we will definitely read them out. doesn't matter how many we get. We will get to them. 
But if you want to email us, please email us at studs at gmail. You can find us on Instagram at studs and on Twitter at studs. So, guys, we appreciate it. You came for the footy, but stayed for the accents. All right. Until next time, studs up.